Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft. We have both encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode three, where we're going to talk about the benefit of having a mentor. But before we get to that, Stephen, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. It's been a long weekend. Uh, had a weekend out of town, away from the shop, um, up in Tennessee to see some family, and uh, actually uh, had a really good weekend as far as, as woodworking goes. I'm going to be getting a bunch of new hand planes from a relative of mine who has no use for them. And happened to run into a guy who uh, is selling a bunch of wormy chestnut. So I came back with uh, about 40 board feet of, uh, of wormy chestnut. So how's your weekend been, man? Uh, I'd say it's not been quite as interesting as mine. It's been interesting. We are unpacking our house. So we have a lot left to do. But we're making a small dent in the enormous pile of boxes that we have but we are getting there. That's good. That's good. So I remember even in the initial stages of, of helping you, you know, box up and move, uh, there was probably a good 50 boxes that I counted that you and I had worked on in a, in a matter of a few hours. Y'all have a lot of books. We do have a lot of books, and I about broke my back trying to bring them all in the house. <laughs> Not a good idea. Not a good idea. This is why you hire a mover, to unpack as well. We should have. I'm too frugal, man. You're, you, really, you're frugal, and, and I'm not. Mm, I, I think find, we both are. I found a piece of wood on the side of the road when I was in Tennessee and brought it back with me. Okay, I think you win. There you go. So why don't you go ahead and get us started on today's topic. All right, cool. All right, guys, as Trevor mentioned, today's topic is having a mentor, or potentially even being a mentor. So I'm breaking off the question, very simple one. What is a mentor to you? So Trevor, I'm going to let you go first. What is a mentor to Trevor? For me, a mentor is someone that you look to for guidance or advice in a specific area. Now, it doesn't have to be woodworking. It doesn't have to be laser. It could be anything. It could be, you know, personal life things. It could be marketing, it could be a lawyer, whatever it might be. I've seen mentors in all kinds of ways. And in my last job, I actually had a mentor because our our work had a program where you could get a career mentor that would sit with you and talk whenever you needed to, to help you achieve your career goals, whether it be you know a certain title, position, or working on certain projects, whatever that might be. So I don't think there's a set way that a mentor-mentee relationship works or what you need to cover. I think it just depends on 
you and the person that you're having that mentor-mentee relationship with. Oh yeah, and, and I kind of feel the same way. Our the the company I work for kind of has a corporate uh, mentor-mentee sort of situation. Some offices is a little bit more rigid. Some of it's a little bit more loose. Um, normally, if you know, it's it's going to be your you know the person directly above you or your direct manager because you know they're going to know most about what it is that you're doing. You know, uh, thankfully for me, um, I've got a very good office mentor, very good person. He's well, you know, well-versed, well-knowledged. He's been doing this for, shoot, almost 30 years. And he's, you know, he's not, uh, he's not the type of person to just give me praise. He'll also give me a kick in the pants whenever I do something wrong. But uh, he and I have that sort of relationship. We have that, you know, give each other a hard time relationship. But in, at the end of the day, we both know we're trying to accomplish a goal. So for me, I really like that sort of situation with a non, you know, non-day job mentor as well. I want that person to be fun and easy to deal with, but also if I need that kick in the pants or I need that, you know, sort of smack in the back of the head, either physically or, you know, you know, metaphorically, um, to kind of get me with the program, I want someone to be able to do that for me. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what's important to me. That's, that's what a mentor is to me. I think you hit on a good point, and we'll dive deep into it a little bit later. But it's that person that not only kind of boosts you up when you're doing things well, and they know you're doing them well, but will also be honest with you and tell you if you're messing up. Oh, yeah. And Trevor, I mean, you know, so what? So that that's what our, you know, understanding of what a mentor-mentee is. You know, that's not going to be the same for everybody. But, I mean, why would any person need a mentor? And there's, I know there's plenty of people out there in the world that they're either, they are a, you know, a jack of all trades or they think they are, but just because you're a jack of all trades means you're, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you're a master of any of them. So, you know, why would you need a mentor? Exactly. As you said, it's the, the jack of all trades, the master of none, where there's bound to be something that you're not good at, you're not comfortable with. Or you just flat out have no idea what's going on. And there are a lot of parts in the business, especially in the making community, where we all have that tendency to, I, I think Brad and John put it best on Made for Profit, it's where you try to be Superman. You try to do everything because you want to keep your costs low and be able to make it successful. And we, all, I think we're all guilty of that. Part of this is that there's, you know, building a website, there's doing graphic design, there's doing the actual woodworking or the making or whatever it is that you want to do as a business. There's always a part of it. For me, one of the biggest things that I despise is taxes. So that's something I'm not good at. <laughs> I think that's like every rational person in the world. Exactly. I mean I, I mean, I know like two or three tax people. Um, they're a very special breed. Actually, as a matter of fact, the guy that I bought uh, the lumber from today, the, the wormy chestnut, he's a CPA. So he was talking, you know, about eight, nine months out of the year, no one even talks to him about anything. But tax season, he's the man you come to. He's everybody's needed guy. Exactly. Depending on what you want to get into, there's, for woodworking... 
you either take a class or you try to learn it on your own or you find somebody doing it and you pick up tips and tricks along the way. And there's different ways you can go about it. You can take classes, which in a way is kind of a mentoring relationship. You're learning from somebody. Now you're paying them to do that, most likely. The other side is learning by yourself, which usually takes 50 times as long to get to the same point. And then you have a mentor. Practice. Practice makes exactly. perfect, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, either way, you're going to learn it. It's just a matter of, I think, how quickly you're able to do it. Because there have been things that I spent 10 hours trying to figure out. Finally, asked somebody the question, and they answered my question in about five minutes. So it makes sense you know, to build up that network of people that you can go to for certain questions. Mm -hmm. And it's even better if there's one specific thing you want to focus on to have one dedicated mentor that you work with. Exactly. Exactly. And I know, I mean, coming from a woodworking side, you know, uh, and actually coming from the metalworking side too, I I was fortunate enough to to have some people earlier on in my life that that kind of showed me the ropes now did they you know did they told you know did they tell me you know this is what it feels like when you're doing it right you know that you know this is what you want to see this what you you know everything like that is kind of a it's it's a you know learn as you go sort of thing no one can tell you the exact proper way the way you want to hold a uh, a tig torch whenever i was doing tig i'm actually right-handed and would normally, you know, I was trying to do everything a, a right-handed person would do was hold a TIG torch in one hand, hold filler rod in, the, in my in my left hand. So, you know, I was trying to do that, and it did not work for me. It was not working for me. And that's whenever I decided I have better control just, you know, just trying to use that filler rod with my right hand. So I actually flipped and was using my left hand as my dominant hand. Now... Thankfully, I had a mentor show me that. I had a guy that was well-versed said, hey, if it's not working for you, flip them and see what happens. I mean, you can only screw up metal so bad. It's just like anything. You can only screw it up so bad. As long as no one dies and you've still got all ten of your digits, you haven't failed. Very good point. It's always a learning experience. You learn what works and what doesn't work. And I've had my bumps along the road and I've sought out mentors, but for you, who was one of those people or two of those people that you sought out as mentors? Well, a, a guy that, that, honestly, I'm not sure if if he found me first or I found him first, but it was this really amazing guy, great woodworker. His shop is uh, from the from the Hill Country Woodworking down in Texas. Great, great friend of mine named Tony. I was having some problems, I think, doing my very first set of dovetails. I think that was it. And he, you know, he just, I guess, maybe happened to find a picture or maybe he was already following me. I can't even remember at this point. It's been so long ago. But, he, you know, he messaged me, said, hey, try this, try that. You know, some things that, you know, you can see, you can see a thousand people do videos of these on YouTube. But unless you have someone specifically tell you, hey, from what I'm seeing, this is what you're kind of doing wrong, you'll never know. Because you're watching a, you're watching a person that if they're making videos of doing dovetails, they've probably made more than enough dovetails in their lifetime to probably show you the right way to do it. Well, those people can't talk to you through the screen. But thankfully, Tony was able to do that. 
I sent him pictures, kind of showed him my setup, my layout. You know, he told me, you know, need to do this. You don't need to do that. You know, you should, you know, watch your tolerances on these things. And from that point on, shoot, that's been well over a year ago that we've been great buddies ever since. You know, we talk just about every day, send funny, you know, Instagram messages to each other. We also send, you know, these crazy inspirational things to each other. You know, these some of these amazing woodworkers out there, far, far superior to my level. You know, it says, "Hey, this is your." He'll he'll send them to me and goes, "I think you've got the skill set to do this." I'm like, "Let me let me practice a little bit before I jump on that." So he was he was pretty much, and still is pretty much my biggest mentor for this. And he's a great woodworker, and and I I always trust his skills. I trust everything he says when it comes to woodworking. And another, you know, outside of outside of woodworking, like I said before this, I, I used to do some metalworking way back in the day. I was fortunate enough that my dad worked for a gas company, and Natural Gas Line has to, you know, main main gas lines have to be welded, and there's a lot a lot of welds because it's big pipe, and that that weld takes a while to fill up. So my dad was kind enough to take me to his shop, set me down with uh, some of the pipe fitters, and goes, "Here you go, learn," because my dad that was not his thing. My dad's a business guy. Any any business questions I have, he's the man to talk to. Banking questions, talk to my mom. But pipe fitting, he didn't have anything. You know, he had no idea what to do. So he sat me down with the guys that did it. They get paid every, you know, just about every day to do it, and they taught me some amazing things. They're the ones that told me, you know, if you're not holding, if you're not holding the TIG torch, it doesn't feel right one way. Try different hands, or shoot, hold it upside down, or do this, or do that. You know, things that you can watch all the videos in the world. You can see all the pictures, read all the books, until you have someone that literally stands over your shoulder and goes, "Hey, this isn't quite working. Let's try this." This, you know, that's what it is. You'll, you'll never, you'll never know unless unless you have somebody kind of point those things out to you. And that's to me what a mentor is. Now, I have a feeling yours is going to be a completely different, you know, mentor sort of situation, seeing as how. You didn't do welding, and the woodworking that you do is a little less hand tool. I don't think I don't think you've ever done a set of dovetails that I can recall. A, a little less hand tool? I think you mean a lot less hand tool. <laughs> well, I mean, you literally put your hands on the power button. I mean, you put one finger on on the stop, the start. Well, in that respect, I'm really good with hand tools. <laughs> you're really good. You're really good with the on-off button. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> mine was definitely more on the i would say the computer digital design and laser side so my main mentor through most of this has been my friend bill over at pinpoint creative studio he uh he has a shop back in south carolina and back in i think it was 2013 i started looking for somebody that did laser work and found him for the first little bit of it i would do designs in adobe illustrator send them to him he would make them for me and i would pay him to make them and that's pretty much how it started then over the years i kept because i kept going to him and getting more things done and trying new things and kind of experimenting around to see what was happening and what was working and trying to learn it he said why don't you just come in I'll sit with you and I'll show you how to run it. 
So I went over there and he taught me how to run the laser that he owned. And I got more comfortable with it, started better understanding the tolerances I need with material and how close I can get to the edges and different things like that, how close I can stack stuff together. Oh, wow. And anytime I had a design question where I was trying to figure something out, for my science, for instance, one of the things that I need to do is to join different parts of the design together and create boundaries of them and be able to offset those boundaries to make them wider or narrower. And I was searching for probably four or five hours for how to do a lot of what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And one day I went over there with my computer. I sat down and said, this is what I'm trying to do. Can you tell me what I'm doing wrong? Can you tell me what I need to do to get to this point? And he, he said, yeah, we sat down. He showed me a few button clicks And in about five minutes, he did everything that I needed to be able to do. And then I took that and started making more designs so I could make them quicker. I could make them better. It used to take me probably five or six hours to do a design, depending on what the graphic was. And now, as long as I have the right kind of file to start with, it maybe takes me 30 minutes to an hour. So it's been a huge, huge time saver. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, that's definitely calculable as as far as you know, that you know, it kind of goes back to one of those things. It's like, all right, how long will this actually take me? Well, if you know that, you know, you can reasonably say I can do the design part in thirty minutes to an hour, as opposed to four to five hours. I mean, you've totally just up, you know, just up your your ability to make money. You know, you're no longer in the you're no longer in the red. You're definitely in the black on that one. And it all depends on what the design is, but now I have a pretty good idea of how long it'll take. I picked up a lot of illustrator skills from him, and I've definitely picked up, I would say, 90% of the laser skills, because having him let me run the machine that he had, I learned how to set him up, I learned how to do test runs so I wouldn't waste material, I learned how to you know, lay things out. I learned how to set the depths, all kinds of things. And then what to even look for if it wasn't working properly, how to maintain it, how to fix it. And some of that came with the first laser that I owned too. But without having him to be able to ask questions back and forth, I definitely would not be, I would say, as experienced with the laser and the design aspect of it as I am now. So anytime that I still have a question and I'm in, you know, I'm in Las Vegas now. And if I have questions, I can still send him a text message and ask him and he still has no problem answering and helping me out. That's, I mean, that's, you found someone that's like, that is basically kind of a perfect mentor for you because those things that the maintenance part, the setup part, the, you know, check and tolerances part, you know, that's, you can probably find that in owner's manual or you can maybe find that in an FAQ on the laser manufacturer's website, but wasting two or three hours digging and hunting around for it as opposed to saying, hey, this is my problem, what what may be the issue? And he can come up with it in 15, 20 minutes, maybe even less. I mean, that's that's amazing. That's, that's stuff that, that really what a mentor is for, is, is to be able to, to, to help you solve those problems. 
yeah, not every mentor, you know, question you're going to ask is going to be able to be solved in 15 or 20 minutes. It's not going to be, hey, just unplug it and plug it back in. It'll be fine. <laughs> that sounds like Windows tech support. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes sometimes it literally is just unplug it and plug back in. Sir, did I you mean, make I sure you turn the power on? <laughs> yes. Did you hit start? Nope, completely forgot. But, I mean, just being able to have that background where... Where where your mentor literally does this as his you know as his everyday job as his profession, I mean what is he putting in fifty sixty hours a week maybe, probably close to it. Throughout this, any time that I've had an issue, chances are he had it, you know, six months ago or a year ago, and when he did it, he had to learn it the hard way. So I'm I'm pretty thankful in the fact that he's already found it. And I usually can just ask him and he tells me. Now, there are a couple of things that I've hit that just because of what he's making versus what I'm making, it's not necessarily something that, you know, he'll have the answer for right away. Mm-hmm. But we can usually work together, figure it out, or I figure it out and then let him know. So it's it's always a back and forth. It's not always, you know, me asking questions and him answering. If he ever has a question i have no problem answering it i'm just not nearly as experienced so there are ways that even if you're considered the mentee in this relationship doesn't mean you can't answer questions when you know them and i think you should be up for that and not be afraid of you know answering them because it's a two-way street it's not you know a one way and they don't expect it or rather they won't want it to be a one-way relationship because they, as with anybody, there's got to be a give and a take. So to make it worth their time to help you, you should at least do your best to try and find ways that you can help them as well. Exactly. And I know I know, at work, at least, um, you know, my boss is, my boss is, kind of an expert in, in what it is that we do. I mean, he's part of a very small niche group for our nationwide company that if someone, shoot, even in California, say, has a question, they may even they may reach back to him, and he may have an answer for it. A lot of times he does, or at least if he doesn't have an answer, he has a good starting point. So, you know, I, I feel comfortable a lot of times going, hey, I don't, you know, I don't understand this you know, per se, why does it act this way? Or why are we doing things this way? You know, and sometimes he doesn't have an answer for it. But he and I get, you know, get on this path of, okay, if we don't have an answer for it, you know, if there's no solution to the why, let's do some research. Let's figure out what's going on. And uh, and I really appreciate that. Because at that point, it's no longer a mentor-mentee. It's kind of two heads, you know, two heads are better than one situation. You know, yeah, his his clearly has a lot more knowledge, but you know, two of us together even further exceeds that one single brain's worth of knowledge. So going on to that, one of the things that you really need to consider when you're looking for a mentor or considering being a mentor is what to look for in that mentor or mentee. So for me, I wanted somebody that had... I would say knowledge in lasers and graphic design. So the first step was to determine what exactly 
you need help with, whether it's, you know, with finances or metalworking or woodworking or design, whatever it might be, I'd say before you could even consider asking somebody to be a mentor, it's nailing down exactly what you need help with. I'm not going to say, you know, have a list of 20 questions and every single thing about it you need to know. I'm saying more of a category. If you want to get help with woodworking, say, is it with hand tools or is it with, you know, learning more about power tools or a certain power tool? Now, if somebody wants a mentor for the lathe, that makes sense. Or if they want a mentor for hand tools specifically, or if they want a mentor for joinery, I would consider those different areas that you need to kind of focus on because that drives the kind of mentor you look for. So just because you and I have done woodworking doesn't mean that, you know, I'm definitely not the guy you'd go to for hand tool experience as a mentor. And when it comes to designing in 3D for a woodworking project, no offense, but I I don't think you'd be the guy to go to for that one. But you would be my hand tool guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of, you know, it's, it's the same sort of thing when you're, you know, when you're looking for somebody to help you with taxes or somebody to help you with your finances or help, you know, help you with web design. You want somebody that spends a lot of their time doing those things. I mean, a lot of people kind of do it all. You know, once again, goes back to that, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. But say if I want to, if I want somebody to help me set up a website, well, I'm going to try to find somebody that's a that's a web designer or a webmaster. You know, find somebody that shoot even find somebody that like works for Wix or Squarespace. You know, try to find that person somewhere on the web. You know, my my you know my my friend uh, my friend Tony he's great with computers for sure, but I don't I don't exactly remember if he's you know the perfect guy to to ask for a website because I know he knows everything about the software. And the hardware, even most of the times on a computer, but I can't remember, you know, per se if if he, you know, does that much web design. I know now he's at the point where he's actually doing a lot of lasers, so he's kind of gotten into your, you know, your area of expertise, Trevor. He's 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 taking up the the laser game. You trying to replace me? No, I'm not trying to replace <laughs> you. I'm not I'll trying to replace is. you. Hey, everyone needs to diversify their business. That is true. That is true. So one of the clear things here is that you need to pick somebody that is doing what you want to do or has extensive knowledge in what you want to learn. So for me, Bill is that perfect person. He owns his own business that solely focuses on lasers that are driven by graphic design. For you, I mean, how did you determine that they had that experience that you needed you know because it was a you know found through instagram sort of thing i started scrolling through and looking at the pictures that he posted you know things that he built things that he designed things that he worked on you know um you know he does he did a lot of of hand cut joinery he does a lot of boxes he does a lot of furniture restoration so you know he had those you know those skill those skill sets that that i really want 
because a lot of that is, is more finessed work. If I wanted somebody to teach me how to properly set up and use a joiner, that's a YouTube, you know, how to set up a joiner. Wood Whisperer's done it. Matt Camerona's probably done it. I know there's, you know, every, I think just about every YouTube content creator that has a joiner probably has a video about setting up a joiner. And honestly, I would even go to the manufacturer and see what the manufacturer has, you know, how to set up our joiner XYZ something, 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 something. And it shows you exactly the model you have. Shows you the, you know, the quirks about it. But I didn't want that. I wanted somebody that could show me how to make the things that I either have already built and didn't build efficiently or could build better or the things that I haven't built at all, but they're in my wheelhouse to build. And I think not only assessing what they're good at or what they do, but also the kind of person they are. So when I say that, I mean... Are your views outside of that part of the community? Are your views outside of, you know, the laser side the same as that person? So for me, Bill and I shared a lot of the same views when it came to, as weird as it sounds, the religion aspect, the political aspect. Not to say that you can't have, you know, healthy relationships with people that have differing views, but it is certainly easier, I found, to work with people that have similar, I'm not going to say identical, but I would say similar views. I've tried to work with people for laser stuff that were 180 degrees apart from me, and we always butted heads every single time. And I found that it was because some of it was they weren't able to accept, you know, constructive criticism often, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we all occasionally have trouble with. But if you had any viewpoint as to, you know, a political way or a religious way or, you know, just something completely different, that if they're too far different from where you are, it can create a tension. And that tension is just going to leak into the mentor-mentee relationship, at least in my experience that I found. So for me, it was good to make sure that, yeah, you know, this person has a lot of experience in what I want to do, but unless you can see them being, you know, a friend, somebody you can go and talk to, go out for a drink with, whatever, and just hang out, I don't think that they would be the right person. I think you need to have a mentor or mentee that, you know, you can talk business and then you can go have a drink play darts, go to a movie, hang out, just be friends. And I think that aspect of it mixed with the mentor-mentee relationship only makes that relationship stronger and both of you want to help each other even more. Because I found that the more that you like each other, the more you want to help each other. And I'd say that the more you're different and the more you butt heads, occasionally that becomes more competitive and you start getting i would say bad advice instead of good advice yeah and i'm i mean to me part of being a mentor mentee is 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 a you know friendship aspect like you said go out and have a beer with somebody i want to be able to you know not always talk about business you know just just shoot the breeze you know thankfully me and tony 
we have some pretty similar views on most things. Um, you know, and, and all the time we talk about food and, and we talk about George Carlin, we talk about, you know, these, these 80s movies, even though I'm, you know, a child of the late 80s, I have a lot of reference for older things. Um, so he, as somebody who, who watched these movies originally, whenever I may not even have been born, you know, we were able to talk about all those fun nuances. You know, George Carlin is, is definitely way up there for me as, as far as great comedians go. Um, you know, and we talk about food all the time. We, we, we just share a lot of, of, of life experiences because out of life experiences come your sort of design and, and your, your art and things like that, things that drive you. You know, thankfully for me, a lot of my stuff is, uh, is, just, is just comical. You know, I, I'm, I'm sort of the person that, that's always going to just crack a joke um, in my family, we have two emotions, uh, sarcasm and wit. So, you know, it's, it's great to have somebody like Tony that also shares those two, you know, those two emotions, sarcasm and wit, because even if things aren't going well, we can still crack a joke. If, if I've screwed up something royally and he screwed up something royally or he, he's having a bad week, I'm having a bad week. We can still find that common ground to just shake it off and you know say screw it. You know, let's just let's just hey, let's talk about barbecue or uh, guess what? Guess what was on you know Netflix today and that I thought you would really enjoy. So that's that's the great thing to me about a mentor mentee relationship is it's beyond the educational and it moves into a a friendship an understanding of of one another on a you know more personal level, I should say. Yeah, I would definitely say you don't want to make that relationship seem like a business transaction where you're completely rigid and that's all you talk about is whatever you want help with. And that's where I think that you need to make sure both you and your mentor or mentee need to listen to each other. So if, if you're having a problem that's not necessarily directed at what you're doing, I mean, sometimes just having somebody that can listen to your bad day, I mean, it can go a long way. You could be having trouble with whatever you're making and you know what you're doing, but you're just having an off day. And occasionally, if you just talk to somebody for 30 minutes, occasionally you get it out of your system and then you can go back to what you're doing and you're working just fine. I mean, it's not just about whatever you want help with specifically, but it's having that relationship with your mentor or mentee where you can talk, you can be friends, you can go for a drink, you can go to your kid's birthday parties, whatever it might be, and just become good friends. And I think the best relationships for the mentor-mentee type of uh, scenario are those where ultimately it leads to a relationship where your friends you you know have each other over for barbecues and you're able to still stay in touch when you move thousands of miles away i think is ultimately what it comes down to exactly because you still owe me a scotch or two probably i think two at least well, that's fine because you still owe me like three or four so <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, who, mm-hmm. who built the website? That's true. You did build the website. Yeah. Who who got up on the ladder and helped you install your lights? 
who helped you pack up those boxes of heavy books and move them down the stairs? Okay, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> you win, you win. No, it's fine. It's not, it's not a competition. It's not um, a competition. True. You know. True. That's the good thing about you and I. We've never made anything a competition. Very true. And I think having different sets of skills in this case has helped us a lot. Because we're, you know, we've become good friends with this. And even when I moved out of South Carolina, we decided to start this podcast together. And I wouldn't say necessarily that it's a, you know, a full mentor-mentee where one of us is the mentor, one of us is the mentee. But more of, you know, if I have questions about hand tools and the things that you're really good at, you can answer them. And if it's design, website, or laser-based, you know, that's where you can come to me. So it's kind of a a joint where we're both the mentor and we're both the mentee at the same time. Now that's, I mean, ours is, ours thankfully kind of started as, as just a random happenstance at a, a woodworking meetup to then become a friendship to kind of now move into the situation where we both are the mentor mentee of different things. So we kind of came about it, you know, in, in a 180 and it's, you know, but we're still great friends out of it even though we're three time zones different and thousands and thousands of miles away. Well, you know, I did need that friend with a truck when I was in South Carolina. Just, just saying. I think, I think you definitely <laughs> cash in on, cashed in on that card. But, I mean, that is, the, that is the downside of having a truck. So what do you think is one of the things that either as a mentor or for your mentor that they should be doing for you as you're going through the learning process? Honestly, I feel like um, it's, it's, not, it's not what what they can do for me, but honestly more what I can do for them. You know, um, because they're always going to be bogged down with other things. You know, Tony's woodworking, that's his full-time business. So if I pester him during the day, I'm taking out of his, his work time. If he pesters me during the day, he's just taking out of my day job, and it's, you know, it's, it's not a huge deal. So <laughs> not, not too big of a deal. So, But, no, I, I feel like, to me, it's more important as the mentee to give back as much, if not more, to the mentor, um, you know, and... and support or, or anything that I can do because Tony has has been way more than just a mentor to me uh, you know he's he's provided me with a lot of help and thing and and just a lot of uh, inspiration so anytime that I can I can thank him I will definitely thank him anytime that I can you know give him a shout out or, or, or do any sort of post to help him I will now here the thing is you know how I guess, how did you help, you know, your mentor? I, I, I mean, I imagine, you know, whenever you were in his shop, he probably got you to do some of the work that he, you know, he had on, had on the books. Hey, you can, you can learn how to run this laser. Why don't you do this project for me? Because I've got like 50 other thousand things to do. So Bill being the person he was never once asked me for help. Now, I offered to help and I would help him if I could with whatever he needed. 
But he never just outright said, you know, I'm teaching you, so you need this. Or you need to do this. You need to put this project together. He never once said that or asked. And I think that's what makes him a great mentor. He was always able to help me. He would definitely, you know, challenge my ideas. If I was thinking of a design and he didn't think, you know, something was right about it, he would let me know. And not in, you know, a mean way. He would say it in a constructive way, you know, constructive criticism. We talked about it. We may not always be willing to accept criticism, but when we know it's coming from a well-intentioned source, I think we need to keep that in mind. But he was always able to help me. And since I've left, and even when I was back in South Carolina, if I had a project that was too large for the laser I had, I would try to send it his way. Or we'd try to work on it together. And being here, if I have people back in South Carolina asking me for help with laser projects, I try to direct them to him now, just because he's local to them. And not that I can't help them, but if it's something like a cutting board, I don't want that person to have to ship it to me and then me engrave it and then me ship it back because that's just a lot of unnecessary expense and work. So I try to direct all that to him as well. And he's made some things for me and I try to, you know, share his stuff on Instagram when I can or give him a shout out when I can. And I think that that's exact point is you need to look for what you can do for them as well whether it's helping them with a project or just doing something for them giving them a shout out whatever that might be i mean that's the that's as much you know when you are you know thousands of miles apart yeah you know, there's only there's only so many things you can do but i mean definitely driving people to their business is 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 always great. I mean, I, I as much as I can, I want to drive people to, to Tony's business because he does amazing work, and I'll say that hands down every day. He does amazing work, and I want I want people to, to buy his work, even if that means they're not necessarily buying from me. I'm you know I'm more I'm more happy for him because guess what he's he's helped me out so much that. It's worth it's worth them, you know, spending their money with him as opposed to me. Real quick, for if you're going to become a mentor, there's a few things that I think we need to think about. And one of those, the first one that comes to mind for me is determining how much time you have. Because we're all strapped for time in one way or another. In some relationships, you don't need to spend a lot of time. Some relationships don't have to necessarily be in person and completely interactive. And what I mean by that is if it's a design thing, somebody can send me a question and I can answer it at my leisure, you know, whenever I have time to answer it and that's okay. And I can do it while I'm doing other things. But I find that if you either want to be a mentor or you are looking for a mentor, that you need to consider how much time you're going to take away from that person or that you're going to have to give to another person. So in that respect, how did you think about that as you were going through this? 
I mean, I tried to try to be as respectful as I could about their time. You know, it's just a hey, I've got a question, or or hey, can you can you help me out with something? And you know, if they didn't get a, get back to me right away, no big deal, because I knew, you know, I knew that they would get back to me. I knew that I would be able to get that help, because you know, if if I needed something right away, well, sometimes you have to pay for it. You know, sometimes you, sometimes you just need to go straight to a source. Um, you know, my Bart serving board project here recently. Thankfully, I was able to you know to to hook up with your your CNC guy uh, over and over you know not too far from from where both of us were from where I still am and uh, you know I wasn't I wasn't in a huge rush to get it done and uh, you know I was more than willing to pay him but I think he saw that as a an opportunity to to one you know practice his skill set and two just to see okay. All right, everything else I've done, you know, is a small scale. Let's scale it up big, and let's 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 see what happens when I scale it up. And he was able to, you know, he he actually I think made three or four separate uh, scale ups for me. And eventually, he decided on MDF was the best material to use. He started he had used plywood, he used a couple other things, and they just had not worked out. And I know that cost a good amount of money for Josh. But yeah, Josh is a great guy. Yeah, he's an amazing guy, and and I know in our you know our future future podcasts, whenever it comes to CNC, we're definitely going to be referencing Josh a lot more. Um, but I think Josh did it one to to help bolster his skills, you know, to see okay, what can I really do with this machine? What can I really do with my skill set? And two, you know, just to maybe get his name out there some more. And I was more than happy to do that. Tag them in post, repost things, share things. And, you know, I was happy to pay him whatever amount of money he needed because that's definitely not a skill set I had. You know, I don't have a CNC. I don't have any of those things. So, you know, there's sometimes it's, it's worth paying that money. But when you have a mentor, you know, sometimes you have to wait. Or... You know, if you want to send your mentor money and say, "Hey, I need I need some help right now." I don't know. For me, I don't know what the best approach is for that, because thankfully my mentor is such a great guy that he takes time out of his day and his nights to to help me. And I've had the same situation. And I think if you're going to be a mentor, you need to identify what you're really good at, and I mean, very good at. It's not, oh, I built a website one time, now I can teach others how to do it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I've been doing you know, 3D CAD modeling for the last 10 years, where that's 10 years of experience I've built up that I can help others with. Or now, even now that I've had the laser for about five years now, and I've been working with them for about five years, I'm just now getting comfortable to the point where I can help others with it. Now, I still get help from time to time on certain things. But I would think that as you're going through this, you need to identify something that you've been doing for years, not days, not weeks, not months. It has to be, I would say, greater than at least two years because it takes a long time to flush out some of the cobwebs figure out different things that, you know, you stumbled upon that you had trouble with because going through those things that cause you trouble are the things that are going to make you a great mentor later down the road. 
Yeah. And, and to me, I think one of those other things is, you know, do I have a skill set good enough that an outside person would possibly pay me for it? And I know when you were still here, you had, what, two or three people reach out to you willing to pay you to help them with their laser problems? That happened a couple times. And, you know, in those cases, it was more on the how to get it up and running. And it was usually some Amazon special where it shipped from China and it was just god awful. But it was usually one of those things where people bought this machine off Amazon because you got, you know, a two foot by three foot bed for $7,000. Well, sorry to say that that's probably not the machine you want if you got that much space for that amount of money. It just, it's too good to be true. And those are some of the things that you learn. And I started off on a used machine, learned what I didn't like before I ever got into, you know, the more expensive kind of stuff. Yeah, and and honestly, for me, I don't even think necessarily that, that I even have the right skills to be a mentor now, still in woodworking. Now, basic carpentry, rough carpentry, yes, because I, I was paid to do that. I did, I volunteered to do that. I should even have sort of a degree in in construction or I technically I, I actually do have a degree in construction but my degree didn't pay me how to you know, didn't teach me how to swing a hammer and put together a wall but as far as you know can I teach you how to do dovetails no no I'm gonna say that right now I cannot teach you how to do dovetails now if Trevor if, if you and I were still together and you said hey can you show me how to do dovetails yeah I'm gonna probably show you how to do dovetails because we're friends but I'm going to say the whole time, I ain't no expert in this. I'm just going to help you out because we're friends and, you know, that's as simple as that. Would I, would I, would someone pay me to show them how to do dovetails? Probably not. I mean, and I'm that, I know that's not my strength yet. And that's where if you're going to have a mentor or a mentee up front, you need to make sure that you are both on the same page when it comes to your expectations. Now, if you go in and you say, I want to learn every single thing there is to know about Illustrator, and I want you to teach me, they probably would need to charge you for that because that's a heck of a lot of knowledge and a heck of a lot of time. Now, if you say, I want to learn more about the laser and just generally how to, you know, do it, how to design for it, and that kind of stuff. And this is where starting as a, I would say, either an intern or, you know, kind of a an understudy, where you can learn it by helping them get business done, that is a great way to do it. Because you're learning, and they're getting the benefit of your time and your help to build things at the same time. Basically a, a journeyman apprentice sort of thing. Exactly. And we're getting close on time here. So let's go ahead and move to some of the resources that we think people should reach out to for that mentor-mentee type of relationship. So why don't you start us off with more of the social media side? Okay. Since my, my mentors, you know, uh, or my, my major mentor was found through, through social media, um, you know, most of my, you know, most of my days probably spent doing social media through Instagram 
Instagram's a, a great way to do it because you see people's, you know, you see people's trials, you see their errors. Some of the huge accounts, things like that, they may not show you their errors. They may just show you a beautiful finished product with all these tools in the background. It's sponsored by so-and-so. That's great. Well, they're a huge account. They're a content creator. They're getting paid to, to take pictures and show you these things. They're not going to probably be able to have that opportunity to be a mentor because they've got 100,000 other followers that they're going to have to try to mentor to. That's not going to work. You want to find somebody that has a reasonable amount of followers, you know, and, and see, just reach out with a general question and see if they respond. If they don't respond, probably not going to be a mentor. Uh, if they respond and they don't give you, you know, what you feel like is sound advice or something like that, maybe not a great mentor. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all a trial and error. You know, you don't, you don't just walk up to somebody on the street and say, you know what, you look like you'd be my friend. Let's be friends. No, you don't do that. That might you, end up in a restraining order or something. Restraining order, they just give you a really weird look. Yes, you, you, you have to have an interaction with a person. And the other thing that I do that I, that I really enjoy is uh, some of the Facebook groups I'm part of. There's actually one specialized for kind of uh, hand tool woodworking through a major, major content creator um, where, you know, we as the general, we know the general people of the group, we ask him questions. Or we throw out questions to everybody in the group. So it's kind of a, you know, going back to our Maker Vision tribe situation where we're, we're using that collective, you know, collective to be one mentor or to be multiple mentors. But at the same time, the, you know, the person who created the group can sometimes give you his, you know, direct advice, send a, you know, send you a message or, or, you know, you know, post on your, you know, comment on your, uh, your post and, and give you advice and you can maybe talk to him even further that way. So there, there's that sort of situation. Trevor, I know you have a completely different sort of thing because it's not necessarily about a mentor and, you know, and, and individual skills building your making, but in what sort of stuff? So one of the resources that I went to is called SCORE. So this is a nationwide program where there are SCORE chapters around, and we'll link this below on how you can get to there. But they have a variety of mentors in different areas, and they have meetings where you can go and kind of get an idea of who they are and what they do. And they will set you up with a mentor in a specific area, whether that be... So when I did it, I asked for a lawyer to talk more about, uh, you know, protecting stuff and more on the, you know, generic copyright type of stuff. And he happened to be, or happened to have a background in marketing as well. So I kind of got a 2-4 mentor where he helped me with some marketing things as well. So they're a good resource for, I would say, pretty much anything general, taxes, uh, lawyers. Now they're not going to do the work for you, but they can give you a pretty good idea of what you need to do. And they'll always say, you know, you need to go see somebody that is currently doing it or you know you can contact my office outside of these hours that kind of stuff and they can help you with that kind of thing as well so they're kind of to, to help you with the the kind of more business side of things or the yes the non-tangible things correct okay all right one thing i want to point out here is that 
we're trying to build this maker vision tribe and first and foremost we'd like people to consider us as well if they need help with questions or if they have an interest in something and they'd be available to answer questions and we want to be able to build some of that community and help each other out as well because we're always willing to help share our knowledge and with that in mind if there's you know topics that people are really struggling with or really need help with we want to be able to make an episode around it and cover it in more depth and i think that's a large part of how we're viewing this this podcast is kind of treating it as a mentor mentee relationship where we're trying to share that knowledge of our hardships and what we've gone through and help people out there as well help all the listeners with anything that they might be encountering along the way. So with that, I think we're we're out of time. I think we've uh, definitely covered this one in, in detail. Well, how about you give them a little bit of a preview of what's going to come in episode four? In episode four, we are going to be looking at uh, what you would consider a hobby CNC. We're looking at some of the smaller CNC platforms where you have an independent router on a computer-controlled uh, robotics board. And we're going to be talking with, with pretty much the, the brains behind the operation. We're not going to give too much information about it at this time because I think this is definitely something that's more on your end, Trevor. But I want to make sure people, if any of them are looking to get into the hobby, you know, CNC market, Episode 4 is for you guys. And even if you're not in it, this episode might make you. Might make you really want to jump into it. So, Trevor, on that note, you want to you wanna roll them out? Thank you for joining us all the way through this episode of the podcast. Again, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, whatever it might be, please let us know. We will give our contact information in the show notes as well as on our website, makervisionpodcast.com. So please reach out to us if you have any ideas for show topics, just have general questions, whatever it might be, and we will do our best to help you. I think that does it for the night. So I think, Stephen, it's, it's getting pretty late over there, so you're probably ready for bed. Oh yeah, I'm ready for it. It's been a long weekend, so I'm ready to ready to hit the hay. So guys, it's been another great podcast. Trevor, take it easy. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to our show. Be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com where we'll post valuable resources, tips, and info about anything we've talked, into, talked about in today's shows or past shows. And all these things are to help your Maker Vision become a Maker Reality. If you have any questions or suggestions or any comments about what you heard today or, once again, in previous episodes, feel free to Drop us a line at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at makervisionpodcast, or through mine and Trevor's personal Instagram accounts, and that is Old South Woodcraft or Maker Experiment. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review and, a, and just some really nice words to, to let us know how good we're doing. Or if you didn't like it, let us know what you didn't like about it. Either way, we're happy to hear from you. And you can go and do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast, and we really look forward to hearing, hearing from you next week.